Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. I've got a special guest in the uh, booth today, but I also have my special co-host back with me today, Mackenzie Vester from All Good Middle School. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to have you back as my co-host, and Mackenzie will be asking a few questions as we go along today. But our, our guest today is Melanie Bustle. Melanie works for the Putnam County School System, and as I told you before, you've been on my list for a good while now, uh, on my bullet list of uh, possible potential guests, and finally got you, so welcome to the show, Mel. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Mackenzie and Sam, for having me here today. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of, uh, about a bunch of stuff today, but one thing I didn't want to forget was, I know you're huge into rodeo, and we got an event coming up in Cookville, Putnam County, here pretty soon that we want to really uh, get folks out there to know about. So why don't you tell them a little bit about that event? Sure. Coming to Hyderburk at Tech, October 7th and 8th is the Tennessee High School Rodeo. We have an Upper Cumberland Rodeo Club, uh, kids from White County, Putnam, Overton, just in this Upper Cumberland area that all compete in either junior high or high school rodeo. And this club puts on um, the Tennessee High School Rodeo. We also put on a special needs rodeo at 2 p.m. on the day of the Saturday show. And we partner with Structured um, Athletics for Challenged Children for that rodeo. And that is just an amazing time where the high school kids get to partner up with the special needs rodeo cowboys and cowgirls and they all have the best time so just want to put a plug out there you guys come on out seven o'clock on saturday night and then starting about 10 o'clock on sunday morning it runs straight through and the special needs rodeo is at two so just come support your upper cumberland rodeo kids yeah and i mean that's turned into a huge opportunity for kids as we were growing up i didn't really hear a whole lot about the, the rodeo scene and as so many other things have grown as <laughs> we've gotten a little bit older yeah. you know, AAU and you know, we'll talk a, a lot about those things as, as we go along but that that's definitely one of them that's very interesting to me that I've not seen or been around very much that offers these cool opportunities for these children in our area so um, just that, like everything else, college scholarships. Yeah, it's amazing. We, we need to talk more about that as we go through here because yep. you know, the show's based in sports and but this shows more about the individual and, and what sports meant to them along the way and, and, you know, really anything else that comes up. But, you know, folks out there, I know you pretty good, but they don't may not know you. There might right. be actually somebody in Putnam <laughs> County or Cool that don't know Melanie Bustle and Jackson as, as it used to be. Um, so let's let's dive back into growing up in, in Cookville and, and tell us a little bit about your uh your family, okay, and then go into your immediate family now, uh, years later, as you've grown up. <laughs> All right. So um, I am the daughter of Ralph and Kathy Jackson, and of course, Ralph Jackson just passed. Um, we lost a big icon in the fast pitch softball world um, in June, which was pretty tough on our family. But I am the proud daughter of them. I have a sister, younger sister, ten years younger actually, Mary Beth Bowen, um, and we both came up playing sports with our parents supporting us all the way. Um, I married Craig Bustle from East Tennessee, Kingsport. We met at Tech, and we have two children. Um, Gunner Bustle is 30 and 31, and Kelsey is 28. Um, Gunner is married to Jordan Caps Bustle, and they have two children, Blaine Bustle and Reese, and Blaine is 11. 
and he is now competing in that junior high rodeo that we were talking about. And Reese just turned three, and she's actually playing three-year-old t-ball at the Cane Creek. Wow! So we're um, we've got them rolling in it um, so far. Then I have Kelsey, is married to Palmer White, a cowboy out of Mississippi. They met in Tennessee High School rodeo and got married, and they have two children. Um, Caroline is five; she's a Capshaw Cougar now. And we have Ashley Joe is two. Caroline plays t-ball, soccer, rodeo, <laughs> and Ashley Joe is right behind her wanting to do exactly what her big sister does. So um, our kids are definitely carrying on all the love for sports. That is probably the best redelivery of a family that anybody I've had has done because you put people on the spot, you know, and, uh, you know, Ron Chambers was one of them, and George Hawford. I had him in here, and you know, you got a lot of grandkids, and and you, you tend to forget if you got that many. So good job, good job redelivering. Your family is going to be very pleased and happy. A couple things there I want, I want to touch on that you mentioned, Ralph, and uh, you know, I got the opportunity to coach with uh, Ralph over at Cooper High School, and uh, you know, he, that's previously of that he he got interested in pitching and. Uh, Mary Beth, when she came up, your sister, she was a pitcher. You, mm-hmm. you didn't mess with pitching a whole lot. No. Nope. You were in the field, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, too. <laughs> but uh, he got the opportunity to uh, learn about pitching and, and became one of the most knowledgeable folks in this whole area. And several um, students of the game, of him over the years, I don't I can't even put a number. I can't put a number it. on I mean, people have asked me that. I said I cannot tell you a number. You know, bases loaded and, and all of that. But the, the time that I got to spend with him over at uh Cookwell High School was very special to me and didn't really know how lucky I was at that time. Uh, the one person that, that kind of brought me into that verse stuff who we both have a great amount of history uh with and affection for, uh in the time that we were able to spend with him and I I didn't know how much we were benefiting from that until later on in life. Right. Um, and, and then also, you know, Ralph came along at that time when Mary Beth began to play at Coal High School. And that's also when we were transitioning away from the old school right. into the new school. And I've said it many times and to many people, we, we were given a grass field with a fence around it. it actually, it was 300 feet at first. Right. And we got it moved back to fast pitch length. And, and then um, basically Ralph took over and, uh, you know, Virtus provide the opportunity through his booster club and the people that he knew at that time to to create opportunity to buy more and and uh, build that field. Yes. Um. But it was nothing. No, um, it was pitiful. And, and I remember that you know Ralph worked for the uh, water department. I believe yes. uh, it, pretty much his entire life here in Putnam County. And you know there'd be many afternoons because it w- it was me and Ralph. You know it was. Uh, me kind of mowing the grass and yes. growing the grass and taking care of that. But the actual field, you know, I didn't have the skills or understanding how to do any of that. And, and Ralph just, uh, there's no telling how much time, you know, he put into to that field. And we'd finish up one day with practice and 530 we'd get along. Here'd come Ralph with a backhoe. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I won't even go into how much was done um, to that field. It basically went from nothing to what it is today. And then they picked up and, and done some more things. Uh, you know, there's no lights, no right. dugouts, no uh, press box, which is now Ralph Jackson press box, which is yes. very uh, deserving. But just, you know, you were a little older at that time. You know, you, you played ball at Cookwell High School. And, and just want to really touch on this first before we go into that. But, you know, what was it like to, to see how much he involvement that he had into a program 
that turned it, Duff's teams were great. Oh you yeah, know, they were very good. Yeah. Um, and so that wasn't any problem, and and you know the winds were there before the field got there, so it wasn't yeah. build it and they will come. But right, it just added a sense of ownership to those kids well, yeah. who previously were playing at Parkview or Jerry Whitson before right. that. Yeah. I guess I have to start with my dad. Actually, starting with me, I was an eight-year-old. I came home from Capshaw one day with a paper to sign up to play softball. And back in the day, it was slow-pitch softball. It was not fast-pitch. There was no fast-pitch in Putnam County when I was eight years old. So um, I come home, and my dad's like, sure, we'll try this. I get placed on a team, the Lions Club. (laughs) We were the worst team in the league. I couldn't catch. I couldn't throw. It was quite humorous. They put me out in the outfield, and I stuck my glove out one day day and one fell in and I was like all right um so we might have something so my dad stood on the sidelines for that first year and then he said nope we're going to build a team we're coming to play he was too competitive to stand over there and watch that so he put me to work um we worked really hard and then we put a team together it wasn't long after that when we were 10 11 12 we were traveling and playing slow pitch softball Um, Of course, then I came to the high school where we played at Parkview and the whole team had to spread out across the infield with buckets and we had to walk across the field and pick all the rocks up out of the infield before we could even play a game. Um, Most of the time, sometimes our field wasn't even lined off. It was my dad or somebody else out there trying to line it. Um, So dad started way back when I was eight and then he came with me to the high school and of course we came out of slow pitch straight into fast pitch um we didn't we struggled getting pitchers who had that ability um but I wasn't into that I was more basketball than softball so um but dad followed us everywhere and um went I mean and he and Duff were a team they were definitely oh, yeah. a team from the get-go. But, yeah, as he as we came on through and the field got built and Mary Beth was interested in pitching, then my dad hauled her to Nashville, Chattanooga, wherever he needed to take her to learn the pitches and do what she needed to do. And he did. He sat and took the lessons just like she did so he could come back and coach it. Yeah. So, I mean, he's loved softball for a really long time. Well, that, that's a huge understatement. Um and you, you go back to Parkview's field. I, I remember uh, being in school and coming over and watching you guys play. And uh, before one of the, the games, Duff was out there with a cup, with a little Coke cup, uh-huh. a, a paper Coke cup, putting the line putting down. the line down. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I never, I've never <laughs> forgotten that. It's a, it's amazing. And you know, years later, I was able to to be his assistant coach. And man, thought thought I was helping him. They had no idea how much him and Ralph were helping me. Right uh, at that time, just an amazing thing. Mackenzie, I know we've thrown a lot at you, but do you have any do you have any questions to throw in there for? I mean, I can relate a lot to the basketball and softball thing. And, I mean, how was it for you at that young age? I mean, with both of your sports, I mean, how was it doing both of those sports? <laughs> Actually, I played three in high school. I played volleyball as well. Um, Karen Harris was our basketball coach at the time, and we started – I was on the very first – Couple High School volleyball team. Um, we didn't have one before that, and Karen built that, and I was terrible. Um, <laughs> but she made me play, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I could block and I could pick up some some hits, you know, but as far as me getting my timing to hit, that was quite terrible. Um, but um, playing both of the sports actually just kept me busy. It kept you um, out of trouble. 
You were always on the field. You were at some type of practice. And Coach Harris really was the one that said, you have to play other sports. You can either play softball or you can run track. Um, She wanted us involved in multiple things. She didn't want us sitting in offseason. And it wasn't like it is today where there's lots of AAU where you can play basketball year-round. You can play travel softball year-round. You can play volleyball year-round. It wasn't like that when we played. So Mm -hmm. we were very much encouraged to play all of the sports back then. So, um it, busy, but a really good thing, I think. Great question, Mackenzie. <laughs> and uh, we were talking to Melanie Bustle. She's a former all-star basketball, softball, and volleyball athlete <laughs> at Cooper High School that chose to go on to college to play a little ball, too. And we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about that. We'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. Your host, Sam Brooks. Again, we got Melanie Bustle in the house today, talking a little bit about growing up in Cookville and sports uh, as it was to her at that time. And we, you went through high school, had a, a really great career as, as a basketball player. Didn't have a, much of a three point line for most no. of the time that you were there, but you could, you could shoot what would have been the three <laughs> at, at that time. And absolutely loved basketball. I remember those days. And, that seemed to be uh, the sport that you were most interested in, even though you played volleyball and, and softball and were very good at, at both of those two. Why was basketball your love? You know, I don't – I really don't know why I picked that one up more, but I, I just had a love for the game. It just naturally came. Um, I wanted to be in the gym working at it. I wanted to go play. Um, I was the kid that really academically I was not that strong, didn't really care much about it, but I sure wanted to keep a B average to be able to go play ball. So um, my parents, once again, sent me all over. I've been to camps and different all-star type camps, and they sent me to make sure that I had the skill set to get there if I wanted to go. So um, it was just the love for the game. I love for the parents and the, the student athletes that are listening to this show, and I get feedback on that all the time, but, you know, we mm-hmm. probably were not as much academically motivated uh, as we probably should have been. I correct. know I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, that is correct. So, you know, what would you tell student athletes out there today that that really want to do more? You know, there's a lot more opportunities off the field, no yes. doubt. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. But academically, my focus here in the last several shows has been, uh, you know, academics and athletics yes so what would be your advice to parents and and student athletes that are out there listening so I think as kids come through high school and they're maturing it's hard for kids to see the big picture right down the road when you're 20 25 30 so 
when you hook on to something that you love, no matter what the motivation is to have some academic <laughs> strength or to put forth some effort, usually that's really good that there's something to work for. I'm not sure I would have worked really hard um, and could have worked way harder, but I that was my motivation. I knew I couldn't play if I fell below a certain GPA, and I knew that I couldn't go on to college. So I think the big thing is I did go on, and I played at Motlow Junior College. I played basketball, and then I played for a semester at Cumberland College in Lebanon. And I think at that point in my life, I decided you need to decide if you're really going to be in or out, and what degree do you really want, and what are you going to do? So I took a step back and came back to tech, and I went into special education. And of course, that was a big piece because of Virtus stuff. Um, Virtus had CP, but there was nothing that he could not do other than swim. He could not swim, but yeah. he could shoot a three-pointer better than me. He could hit a softball <laughs> better than me. So, um, and he... He supported me all through high school and told me, it is not how smart you are. It is how many hoops are you willing to jump through to get the piece of paper, Melanie? And so other people didn't believe in me that I could pull the academics in college. So he was always the one, you've got this, just roll on. So when I got back to tech and I got my degree in special ed, so I think for kids what I would say is there will come a point that the sports are you're done with that you'll figure that out and then what do you really want to do and do you want to be a servant are you going to serve people what type of employment do you want and what do you want to give back i mean i think that's the biggest thing what do you want to do in your life to give back to your community so education i hope is um i chose that to give back to kids especially ones with special needs so we're talking to Melanie Bustle, RTI supervisor in the Putnam County School System now as her, as her day job, former athlete here in Putnam County and at Cutwell High School. And I think that that's exactly probably what we missed at that time. And, and it's not that they didn't tell us. Right. You know, we had teachers, uh, mentor teachers that we look back on now that were telling us, hey, you need to do better here. You know, Jake Libby's one I think about yeah. all the time. And it wasn't that we didn't have the ability to do it. It just didn't wasn't that important to right. us at that time because we didn't realize how important it actually was. Yes. Uh, it, things have changed for student athletes nowadays. You, you, you can't get into college in the NCAA unless you have better grades, whereas in the past, yes. it might, they had some wiggle room. Yes. Uh, they just don't have the wiggle room that they had anymore. And they only get those funds from the NCA based on the kids that they graduate now. Right. And it used to be attendance, you yes. know, how many kids they had playing for them. And it just doesn't work that way anymore. No. So you don't see as many kids with lower grades being able to get through to that level. And, um, you know, many don't even make it to that level. It's about right. down to 5% of high school athletes get a chance to play college now. So there's not a lot that, that get through. Right. So I think the end result and the thought process about the end result is very important. I was kind of like you. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had all these mentors in my life that I looked up to and made a difference in my everyday life in high school and junior high yeah. that, um, you know, kind of led me down that path. And I, I ended up wanting to do what they did. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what got me there. And, and uh, we've we've learned, <laughs> you know, so much on the other side of the fence, being educators in, in Putnam County that, you know, Everybody says sometimes every now and then if they could go back and do it all over again. So let's say you had that chance, you know, what, what would you change in your development as a youngster and knowing what you know now? You know, I mean, my first thought there was, no, I wouldn't change anything because I'm hard headed and I have to learn things <laughs> the hard way. Um, and I don't know. 
but I would I would academically put forth more effort. I would academically strive. I mean, I could have gotten some academic scholarships, but I wasn't looking for that. I thought I was good enough. You know, and I think that's what kids need to look at today. You know, like you said, not as many are getting to go on sports scholarships, but you can still go play. Just have your A game in, in the classroom and you can have your academic scholarships and you can play and ride free on your academics. And I don't know that anybody really said that to me, that you could get more money. I mean, I can speak to Kelsey, my daughter. You know, she actually took dual enrollment classes. She came out of Upperman High School as a a sophomore in college. She went to UT Martin on a rodeo scholarship, but she had her hope money too. So she had a full free ride between her sports and her academics. So, I mean, I push that with them, you know, because it is important. And I think that's what kids today need to know. Yeah. And you you were a coach also. So you you got to see all of this from the other side and and, in that arena too, before you uh, really got into the classroom and then started concentrating on your kids a little bit more. So as a coach and all of the things that that you've seen, both growing up and playing and and now being a coach uh, in your past, we see a lot of different sides of parents nowadays what would your advice be for parents out there to guide their children along yeah i i think the big thing is is that kids need to be coached by other people i think parents want to coach their own and i i don't i've been on both sides where i was coached by others and coached by my parents so i i just say let some other people take care of your kids for a little bit and push them because they need to learn those skills life skills of being pushed and knowing that life is not easy. I would say that most athletes, when they go into job interviews and those type things, they bring a different skill set because they've had to face some adversity. They've had to work hard. They may not have been the starter. And so they've been placed on the bench or they've had to work harder to gain that position. Well, that's the same thing in life for a job. When you roll into an interview, there's lots of applicants. So you're going to have to rise to the top. And I do think athletics gives kids some skills that maybe they really need to function. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Now, going to the break, I want to present one word to you, and I want you to think about it. Okay. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk about it. But the word I want you to think about is failure. Okay. Okay. So when we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about failure and what failure the word failure means to you. We're with Melanie Bustle, former athlete here in Putnam County and Cookville High School. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. Melanie Bustle in the hot seat today. Former athlete over at Cookville High School and coach in Putnam County and now RTI supervisor for a district doing a fantastic job for the Putnam County school system. Mel, I left the going into the break with the, the word failure. I've talked a lot about this in, in, with the coaches that I've had on, on this show and pretty much all the same answer, but I want to get your take on failure and yeah. what that means. Sure. So failure builds resiliency. So if we're trying to protect our kids all the time and keep them on top and keep them from being out of trouble or facing consequences, no matter what the situation may be, we're we're hurting them. We're hurting them. We're not helping build their resiliency and their problem solving skills. So Melanie Bustle, junior college, sophomore year, thought I was all that in a bag of chips and uh, <laughs> didn't go to class, got kicked out. 
got kicked out, lost my scholarship, called my parents, said, hey, I'm just going to find a job down here in Tullahoma and hang with my <laughs> friends. They said, oh, but no, you're coming home and you're going to work at Casimco at the factory and you're going to roll in there and you're going to decide what you want to do next. So my dad didn't sugarcoat that, brought me home and I went to work six to six at the making football pads at Casimco mm-hmm. for about three months. And I decided real quick, um, no. I needed to go a different way. So I problem solved that. And I started reaching out to other basketball coaches and started trying to get back into some other schools. And luckily, I got picked up by Cumberland University and they signed me on a scholarship after I'd been out for a semester. If my dad had rolled in and saved the day for that, then no, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. So saving your kids in every situation is not the answer. You've got to let them have some failure so they can work through and problem solve those things. You know, I see that a lot more today, Mel, than, than I ever did. And, and I completely understand because we as parents, and we can look at our own families. Oh, yeah. We as parents want our kids to have it better than we did. Yes. And, and I completely understand that. But protecting them from the world, yeah. it, it, eventually they're going to be out there by themselves. And, and that does... They think they're helping them yeah. at that time, but they're really hurting them. Yes, for sure. And, and, and I can see that in so many as, as a coach in Putnam County for a number of years, I, I could just I could see that, you know, it's it's all meant well. But failure, we can't learn without failing. Yes. I mean, you, you take a look at what you do with your RTI job that gives students the opportunity to learn from their failure. Yes. And, and analyze what gaps they have in their learning and get rid of them. So talk a little bit about on the academic side of failure. So it's really funny. I walked into a class of seventh graders yesterday um, and they were taking an assessment and they were moaning and groaning about that assessment. And I just asked them, I said, do you even know what this class means? Do you know what your future ready class means? And they just looked at me and I said, you understand if you can increase your academic skills, right, your reading Lexile score by this number of points, then you do not have to come to this class anymore, right, after you've been here for a while. The big thing is that when you transition across the street, as I pointed to Upperman High School and said, when you go over there, you get to take classes that you really love. If it's ag, if it's art, if it's, you know, mechanics, whatever it is that you want to do hands on. And most of you in here want to learn hands on. I said, do you understand that those things may have to be taken from you? If you don't put forth your best effort now, because you might have to take one of those future ready classes as an elective, which means you don't get to explore other options. So I think we have to help kids understand the why. I'm not sure they always understand the why. And I do think kids who have struggled with reading for a long time feel that failure and they don't know how to fight their way out of that. So I think families and parents just need to don't give up. And uh, we need to keep working in the school system to really close those gaps for kids. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's analyzed gaps and, and giving students a way to, to uh, overcome them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I think the why is, is very important in everything we do. And I, I think our, our boss, Corby King, yes. you know, when, when he started and, and took over from uh, Jerry Boyd, the why became very important in everything he did. And I think we as a supervisor group have benefited from that because I don't really go anywhere or do anything now without telling them why I'm there right? or what I'm trying to do. And, and that's made a, a huge difference. Understanding a why is important. And I think we overlook that in, in the classroom a lot. The kids actually were very very rambunctious when I first got there. But when I started talking about the why, you could have heard a pin drop. So they they need to know. We need to be talking to them. So Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 
Going on with failure in your lifetime as a student athlete, mm-hmm. what was maybe the biggest failure for you, but <laughs> ended up teaching you like the biggest lesson? I think we'd have to go back to my story where I didn't go to class. Yeah. And I, you know, hey, girl, I was averaging 20 points a game. <laughs> I had my A game was on on the court, but um, it didn't matter that my A game was on on the court because my teachers were sending messages that. She's not going to make it. And actually, Kenzie, I had to go before a board of people and I had to tell them why I should have to stay or why they should let me stay there. Um, And I wasn't prepared to do that either. So I didn't sell myself very well. And so I'm afraid if I hadn't got sent back home that I would have just been very lazy throughout my thing. And I'm not sure I would have a degree today if I hadn't gotten kicked out of that junior college and made to go to work. Because when I went to work, I was like, ooh, I don't want to work in a factory the rest of my life. And not that there's anything wrong with working in a factory, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't for me. I needed to find something else that I enjoyed doing. So that was probably a real eye-opener for me, especially when my dad told me I couldn't stay. I had to get home. So So let's let's jump back into, uh, you know, your uh, mentors um, in your life. We've already talked about Coach Duff. Uh, a little bit. I want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit more about what he meant to you at that time. And, and then now looking back, um, how that helped develop you. Um, and then anybody else that you would like to talk about? Yeah. Um, I, the relationship Duff and I had, I don't know that it could ever, that I could repeat it with anybody. Um, when I tried out for softball, Duff's theme was you run, um, till you puke and if you stop running while you're puking then you just go ahead and get your bag and go on to the car because then that tells me you're not tough enough so um i i i respected that so if i started to throw up i learned how to run and throw up without it getting all over me at the same time um duff i played outfield duff would put us up against the fence in the very back and he would stand i don't know five six feet from us and he would tell us if uh, the fence rattles with the ball you run flagpoles so we worked really hard not to um let the ball hit the fence so we took a lot to the shins and the knees and everything else but you know what Duff's tough love made me a better athlete, and he made me a better human. He made me, um, because when I was down and out and thought that I couldn't do stuff, he was the one picking me up. And when I needed to be tore down, he tore me down, but then he always built me back up. So I don't know that you I could ever replace him. I mean, I really feel he is the reason that I, that I became a better person. Um, and we were good. I mean, we were, our team was always good. He always knew. I mean, he was one of the best coaches. And um, so the program was really strong, and he he just led us, and I followed him. And he couldn't drive a van the same mile per hour. Um, Any road trip we went on, we might be going 50, and then we might be going 80. And so, but he never made field trips or, I mean, van trips. Um, Those were never dull. So, Well, tough tough love is one thing, and I think, if you had a repeat of that nowadays, they would be on the verge of getting in trouble. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily right um, or, or wrong because I I think you have to look at you, – you just said it, he picked you up every time he, he put you down. Yeah. I think, he, he, you know, he learned from Jack Armstrong back in Oak Ridge, and that was tough love too. Yeah. Um, but what he did and what we're talking about is he pushed his people to the edge – and if they fell off, then they really don't need to be there anyway. Yeah. But if they climbed and scratched and held on, then they got better for it. And they didn't only get better as 
uh, someone playing sports yeah. and an athlete in their sport, they got better as a person. Absolutely. So how did how did you feel that developed you? You know, on the other side of the, you know, you're you're working today and you enjoy your job, but you don't cheat your job. No. And, and you've learned that from your background in sports. So how does that translate? Yeah, I just, I mean, I, your work ethic, I mean, it all comes, I think, athletics builds work ethic because if you really want something, you're going to work hard at it. And I guess my love for kids and my love to prove that all kids can learn and we just have to give it to them in different ways. Um, so I just, I thrive every day to make sure that we as adults are not putting our feelings first, but we're putting the kids' feelings and what they need. So to be successful, I mean, here's the thing. If we don't push, push, push and get kids to have a good, strong work ethic, we're going to be paying for them. We're paying for them now. The ones that don't want to go to work, they don't want to get up. They're looking for a, for a ticket out. And um, that's not what I want. And and they can do better. All of our kids can do better. And they can go be successful and they can have really strong careers. And there's multiple careers out there for them to choose from. I hear a lot of uh, folks that come in here that, that we talk about social media. Yes. Because it's a it's a huge topic today. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm on the virtual side. Mm-hmm. So I know it can be used for good because yes. we do that every day in, in our jobs and what we do. Um, but it can also be too much. You know, what's your thoughts on the social media? Like when we grew up, we rode bikes, we were outside, we played ball. Yes. You know, there's not as much of that nowadays. Yeah. I, I do think it's hurting kids socially. I think they have a hard time sitting down, having a conversation. So it's nice to see McKenzie here today, actually working on, on those skills on this side. Um, kids don't communicate well. And when you don't communicate well, then there's problems, right? I mean, even as adults, what do we say our biggest issue is in education? Lack of communication. We all think we're on the same page, but the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing sometimes and it's just hard you have to work at it all the time and i don't think kids are being put in those situations to have to face up to people and work through stuff because they can hide behind their screen so we we have to work on that kids need to work on their social skills let's let's plug the rodeo one more time okay when is the date and time i need to make sure of that october 7th and 8th that's saturday and sunday i think that's the right date um and so seven o'clock on saturday night Two o'clock Saturday afternoon is the special needs rodeo, and ten a.m. Sunday morning is the high school rodeo again. So, yeah, and I think we can probably do another show on just the rodeo. So, oh, I'm gonna have to get you to come back, and we'll talk a little bit more. Maybe bring a couple of the uh, uh, athletes yes. in for the rodeo that actually, uh, you know, I want to say plays that sport, but that's not we'll be competing in that. It's competing in that sport. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah. It's gone very quick um, as it usually does, but we appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us and uh, we'll have you back later but thanks for joining the show today Mackenzie thanks for coming back and being my co-host again it's a pleasure to have you again yes thank you for having me yeah thank you guys so much for having me yeah thanks for joining us today on local matter sports and we'll see you next time